Happy Dad is available at a lot of your local bars and restaurants. You might even find it at some saloons. If you've enjoyed a Happy Dad, then you know it goes well with your burger, your wings, pizza, and steak. <laughs> People in California eat it with their sushi, too. Go to happydad.com find to find a bar or restaurant near you so you can watch the games with the boys while enjoying an ice-cold daddy drink. The ladies love it as well. If your bar doesn't carry Happy Dad, then ask them to call their distributor to stock up. You can't have a burger with that skinny can, can you? It's time to man up and drink Happy Dad. Will Levis, starting quarterback, Tennessee Titans. Welcome back to the room, man. Repeat roomy. Great to be back. Repeat roomy. Let's go. Part of an esteemed that's crowd. A, that is. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, how's uh, how's everything going? You guys uh, at, at your prep for this week? Everything's good. I mean, this is our first um, second divisional game, so we have an opportunity to play an opponent for the second time in, in one season, which I uh, – don't think I've ever done in my in my career, so that that's a new thing. So psychologically, it's um it's interesting to kind of go back and look what we did that worked the last game, and then you know in turn think about what they're expecting out of us as to how we're thinking. So playing that chess game, so it's cool. Yeah, I uh, I mean obviously played and have done that before, uh, but I had a weird one one year. We week seventeen, which at that point was the final game of the season. We, it was, I was playing for Cincinnati and we went at New York to the Jets against our boy Sanchez. And if we lost to the Jets, then we played the Jets the next week. If we won, if we beat the Jets, we played Houston at Houston and Houston was like the number one offense in the league at that time. Mm. You saw like Andre Johnson and Matt Schaub and they were rolling. And so it was one of those like weird, like we'd probably rather play the Jets, you know? And uh, so we lose the game. And we play them the next week. It was such a trip, just like playing somebody two consecutive weeks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like the it, the shared practices, whatever you call them, the joint practices, and then you like play them the, that that weekend. Some teams have done that before, yeah. and it's just like super weird. Like, what do you do? What do we show? What do we not? You know? And they had to beat us the first time to get into the playoffs too. So it was just like super weird dynamic. But yeah, going from college to pro rookie year, playing people twice is. Uh, is a weird concept. And so you, you hear terms like, Oh, it's a divisional deal. You know, or they, they, they save stuff for division games or we save stuff for division games. Um, now it makes more sense. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, these coaches know a lot about these guys and it's like stuff that they're thinking about all off season and that they're ready to unravel against them. So it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, um, so for those of you guys who don't know, will you did draft prep with me? We spent a couple months together, um, leading up to, uh, you know, to this draft. Um, and you know, a lot of, you know, second, the, the draft happened, you were there. It was a whole thing at the time, right? You go second round not And like I told you, and I've told a lot of guys, whether they go around later or they go a pick later, once you put that hat on, it doesn't matter. You're just a, a bear or a Bengal or whatever now, or a Titan, um, now that like that is completely irrelevant and it doesn't matter because you're the starting quarterback for the Titans and you guys got who you got this week, you know, um, we haven't really talked about it I, and it's not something I would have asked you in May, but like, what was that like looking back on it now that it completely doesn't matter? It was crazy. I mean, that was definitely like, you know, 
the biggest spotlight I feel like I've ever been in my entire life in terms of like even just numbers like people watching I, I, I'd imagine um, so pretty crazy like to have all that happen probably like one of the most substantial moments in my life be broadcasted out to that many people and then to be obviously part of the entertainment plot of being shown that many more times than everybody else and the whole drama that came with sliding and all that uh i mean it's it it was crazy and i mean i think that i walked out of there um more so proud of how my family and i handled it rather than anything else because i think a lot of people could have cracked under pressure there and i thought we kind of stood there and and uh and just took it and we we did a good job of it so uh, like you said, when I got picked that very next day, I mean, to kind of go on a side note, my, the whole story with leaving the draft and all that is, is a whole other thing. But um, we, had a, we had a family party scheduled that next day um, with, the, with the assumption and everything that uh, I was going to have a good chance of going in that first round. So we had that fight, like, regardless, and we went home and got caught in traffic and ran right through the door just as um, Joey Porter's name got picked right before me. And then I got the call from Ran. And like you said, when I became a Titan, nothing else mattered at that moment and nothing has since. And I haven't given it much thought, but looking back what I do on that night, it is, uh, it's pretty crazy and, um, definitely use it as a little source of motivation too. Yeah. And so on that motivation, right, there's three guys picked ahead of you. Um, you know, Tom Brady had all the names memorized of who went ahead of him. Um, you know, my boy Amon Ross St. Brown the other day on his podcast was saying that like, he's got it printed out in his locker. You know, he's a fourth round pick, but like he's got, and, and it's funny too. If you look that up, you're some names and you're like, who's that guy? I know it's crazy. <laughs> like, I've seen that with him. It's, it's great. It, so he, they, some, some people use that. Um, like, do you use it? Does it mean anything to you? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I necessarily do. I mean, I think I, I hold, held my, held, hold myself to such a high standard that I feel like I don't need to compare myself to anybody else to really reach the the heights that I want to get to. Uh, I think, I mean, I I just want to make sure I have the right mindset and I don't let, try not to let external factors affect my motivation towards things, you know. Um, I'd say, I mean, I maybe say give me a little chip, but um, for the most part, I try not to let circumstance affect, you know, how hard I'm working or how I'm going out there. I think there's a healthy chip of like that guy. What I don't like, and I just think it's an immature take, is when guys are like, "I'm that team passed on me. Like, I'm going to take it to that team that passed on me. Because the reality is, like, maybe that team needed a corner. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like maybe, they, maybe they just weren't going to go quarterback. Or maybe they're like, that other quarterback that they did take, like, that's just exactly what they're looking for. You might end up being better, but that's what they were looking for. Um, so I, I think it's fine to have a healthy chip and to think about it every now and then and all that. No doubt. Um, no and doubt. there's definitely people that were picked after you that were thinking about like, Will love is what for sure. Like for sure. Both sides. Um, I know we had talked about it a little bit. There's like a song I always have guys listen to, uh, it's a Drake song. First album. Uh, thank me. Uh, thank me later song on there's Thank me now. You know that song a little bit. So it, it wasn't a banger. It's not like, it's just kind of an album track, but, um, I always have guys listen to it because he, he's got a line in there. He says, I can relate to kids going straight to the league when they find out that you got what it takes to succeed. That's about the time that your idols become your rivals. You make friends with Mike, but you got to AI him for your survival. And what he's referencing is yeah. Allen Iverson was the biggest Michael Jordan fan ever growing up. And then he crossed his ass over in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it was his rookie year mm-hmm. and hit a game winner. And it was like, so 
I know you grew up, you know, watching Brady and, you know, and in the last few years watching whoever it is, Joe and these other guys, like now you're here, right? Like idols becoming your rivals and idols is a strong word. I wouldn't say that Trevor Lawrence would be an idol of yours, but you probably been watching him for a while, right? And then you got him in a couple weeks. How's that transition been of, and you know, of, of from an opponent standpoint of, I actually know a lot about this guy. Like I've been watching him for a long time and here we go. It's third and two. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's cool. And I, it doesn't really hit me. I feel like until like, you know, after the game when you, you know, dap him up and, and everything like, um, you know, the first game out there, even with Desmond, like th- just the fact that I'm there, like that was like, <laughs> you have seen there. a lot of Desmond Ritter tape. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, um, I think really the only person that I had kind of in my mind that actually was like a kind of a little goal of mine was like, I wanted to beat Tom Brady. Like, I, you know, just following him growing up and seeing his career, hoping that his was la- would last as long as it is, as, as mine would, uh, or as when mine would get to there. And, uh, so that happened one year, a little too, too late. So other than that, uh, I mean, it is cool all around and, um, I'm, grateful to be part of the fraternity of you know being an nfl quarterback it really is a fraternity i mean there's just there's such a small group of people who know what it takes and know what goes into it and know all the bullshit that happens behind the scenes and this and that so i i mean fraternities i think the right word it's uh you can be opponents who end up playing together too you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like i think back to sam darnold josh allen you know baker mayfield that draft it's like baker and sam ended up teammates (laughs) you know what i mean after playing each other several times. And so it, it really is people move as chess pieces move around. Um, you know, if you end up doing this for 10 to 15, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a fraternity. Yeah. Um, so you talked about Brady a little bit, <clears throat> one of his old teammates, like Mike Vrabel is your head coach. Um, and you're drafted into what I would regard as, and we talked about it, you know, going through the draft, like, Hey, this is a good landing spot, right? This is a good franchise. This is a good, good young new GM. Mike Vrabel's been there, done that one, um, and he's a, a, a no bullshit, you know, guy and a Patriot way. And every, Brady gets credit for the Patriot way, but Brady then gave credit to like Vrabel, Willie McGinnis, Teddy Bruschi, you know, the older dudes on defense mm-hmm. when he was just the young pup, when he was the Will Levis kid, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The young guy in the room who's, who, uh, has a lot on his plate. They really created that. You grew up in the Northeast, right? C- Connecticut, you probably grew up watching a lot of Patriots, right? Hearing about it all the time. Right. What are some things based off growing up, not studying, just growing up, you know, Northeast, all that stuff, Patriots, and they won your whole childhood, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that you see now that you're Mike Vrabel's quarterback and you're in his team um, where you go like, oh, I see that that connection or it's it's the I mean, it's it's the little things. And I know it's it sounds cliche. and Everyone talks about it. But I mean, we, we just hound it all day long and just preach just the importance of the littlest things technique wise in terms of what you've been taught ever since you've been playing peewee football, you know, down to the, the little things of knowing, knowing the day and cadence, like um, the, the clean operation and the lack of shitty football to say clearly like that the Patriots kind of played with throughout that era. I think is what made them as, as good as they were on top of obviously great players. Um, but you, the emphasis in that area is, is definitely what the connection I would see is. Yeah. And, and he 
pulls no punches, right? I mean, he's a no bullshit guy. I, I knew him as a player. I know him as a coach now. Like, that's for me, that's my kind of style. I'd rather just know exactly what I need to get better at, know exactly where I'm letting people down or whatever it is, instead of the just rah rah positive and at the end they tell you that they wanted it different. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, uh, and you know, him being hard on guys, like from Vrabel, like what's the biggest thing you've you've learned, whether it happened to you or it happened to somebody else and you saw it? What's like the so far you're you're about ha- halfway through or three quarters of the way through, whatever it is, the season. What's your biggest takeaway so far from being around the the Patriot great? you know, Mike Vrabel? I'd say being a team player, you know, just like playing for the guy next to you and knowing your space within the team and within the concept and within the scheme and um, knowing that it's, it's bigger than you and that you need the guy to your left and your right to, to come, to come together and, you know, do your jobs in, in unity uh, to, to get the job done. Cause you know, like we, we get 10 out of 11 doing the right thing. We might get a couple yards and that's the difference between that and, explosive so i mean again it's the little things and it's knowing you know that the guy you can count on the guy next to you yeah um talk a little bit about qb off the field um you got you know four or five years of college experience being a college quarterback um starting most of that now nfl and i know you haven't had much time to be an nfl quarterback off the field and you're grinding and it's not like you're like cruising around all day monday tuesday or you know shopping and hanging out around nashville but how has the transition been from an off-the-field, non-football perspective of you've been at two colleges, right, Penn State and then Kentucky, and then now in Tennessee? Talk a little bit about, like, the difference off the field. I mean, I feel like, like you said, I haven't been able to get out there as much, enough, at least in Nashville, to kind of really get the grasp of, um, I don't know, <laughs> the, to the extent of which people notice me, I guess. But, like, in, in college, like, at least at Kentucky, like, that was something that I always just found so cool and that I always liked it, never took for granted. And I knew that just that I could touch like the, the lives and know that this game means so much to so many people and that I can bring them joy on now Sundays uh, is, is awesome. So, you know, where, whereas there's a hundred percent times where anybody who has any kind of notoriety, I guess, can, um, you know, find the negative side and, and those side of interactions, uh, it's important to you know remember like that it's a privilege to go through those types of things all right let's transition over into you becoming a starter a few weeks ago um and it's you know you got the keys now um you know first start was in week eight what kind of difference does it make for you and i know you can't compare it to anybody else's experience but having a derrick henry deandre hopkins you know so just like marquee dudes who probably aren't even nervous on game day you know what i mean type of type of uh veteran leadership uh what what sort of comfort level did that create yeah i mean it it, it probably started with derek i mean like when i first got the start like uh you know derek's not necessarily like a rah-rah dude but um you know he's he's a great teammate he's a great dude and um he kind of pulled me aside and just instilled his confidence in me for that week and that was big for me and to kind of hear that uh, just gave me a little bit of you know um positivity going forward throughout that week that just fueled me I thought so that was that was cool and then uh, he's been a great teammate since then just you know trying to make sure that I'm on my my stuff and that you know I'm keeping my head straight and all that and with D-Hop I mean just the career that he's had as receiver the things that he's seen the amount of routes that he's ran the amount of uh, wins and losses that he's had and the mental reps that you know he's taken like they they all tally up and you see that when he takes the field every single time and um it's been a it's been a pleasure to see him since training camp just 
work the field, uh, you know, work his routes, um, find the open space, know where the open space is going to be. Uh, and then since I've been playing, really working on that chemistry with him and understanding the types of balls that uh, are most effective for him and, and just working through the route tree uh, that, that we're most comfortable with him with. So it's been great. Yeah, I know you had a hot start, um, but I, I just see it week to week. Obviously, I'm watching you every week but and every snap, but uh, week to week, it just seems like ball's coming out tick sooner, and that's just a byproduct, I think, of that. that. That's the visual representation of chemistry being developed, right, is that I'm not waiting for him to get open and then throw him as hard as I can, which is what you kind of do if you don't really know that guy, um, whether it's a backup coming in, a rookie getting the start, um, new guy. You know, if Joe Flacco plays for the Browns, like, even though he's played a million games, like he's going to, he's not, he not going to have the timing yet in games. Um, and I see that developing each week. Um, you know, you transferred in college uh, for that. Like I moved around a lot as a kid and <clears throat> my parents, you know, always try to make it a positive thing. Right. And they'd say, you know, having to leave all your friends and come over here and develop new friends, you're going to be, you're, it's going to help shape who you are. You know, you're going to have to insert your, your personality and get to know people and you have to be more outgoing. And I, and I agree with that. Um, and it's, it's played out. Um, how did transferring help you with this? Honestly, like the situation you're in is pretty normal, right? Get drafted high and take over at some point, but it doesn't mean that the isolated, that that situation is not super weird, right? Like the guy who you've been watching on Sundays for a while, Ryan Tannehill, who's a very wealthy, very successful, great dude is like the backup. Like that's just, it's never just totally normal and clean. Right. And you're a great guy and he's a great guy. So you know, transferring for you and having to go in and win a locker room and start over and get to know people, you got a lot off season to do it in college. You really don't hear how did, did transferring, did any of that, you think that helped you with this weird transition into becoming the starter? And by the way, we play in a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's a good point. I've really thought about that. Um, I think that that process was definitely one of the more life defining processes for me like that just taking that challenge head on going to Kentucky and trying to win the job and, and trying to win the locker room and um I feel like I've grown so much as a leader since then as well though like I feel like the way I would have gone back and do it if I would have done it now is, is, is even different than I did then but I, I guess it was good enough um and uh, I'm just always trying to find ways to better myself as a leader and I think like I still haven't even found like the way that I want to lead, uh, you know, our locker room right now. I'm still trying to find that. And I have like my own way of doing it now, but I still want to improve in that way. So I'm still trying to find that comfort. But um, I felt like the way I just was able to interact with my teammates um, and the way I just, I came, I guess, came to work every day, uh, was able to get the confidence of the guys around me and the people around me that I was able to go, go out and do that. So, but still trying to get better, you know, as a leader, as a teammate and all that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. How, how is the dynamic with, uh, with Ryan? How's that transition been? It's been great. I mean, there has been no issues and he's been a great teammate and, you know, I learn from him every day and his football knowledge is uh, very vast and um, 
he has handled all of it as, you know, professionally and impressively uh, as I think as anyone uh, could have in the situation. So I'm very grateful to have a friend like him. Well, the portal opens up next week and you're seeing a bunch of names and Instagram posts and thank you to the fan base. And with that being said, I'm going to take my talents to the, you know, see the next level post, but also see to enter the portal and see what's out there. Um, what advice would you give? So a lot of, you know, people send me texts or whatever comments, apparently a bunch of dudes in the league and a lot of college players watch this. What's some advice that you would give to somebody in the portal? And I'll, I'll give you this, like somebody who's played, right? Played, played good ball, right? Um, and they're looking for a better opportunity for whatever reason. What would you give them? What advice would you give them in terms of picking a spot? I'll start with that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I, remove money. Pick money. Yeah. Out. I didn't get any of that. So, uh, that wasn't part of my decision. So, I mean, I think that um, it, it all comes down to who wants you. I think, like, you only want to go somewhere unless you know that those guys want you. And they want you to go. They may have a really, really deep belief in you that you're able to go there and help and change their program and to go and to do great things for them. And, you know, there's a lot of people that will definitely tell you that and, and maybe not mean it, but I guess that's just part of the hard part of trying to find the good ones. And I was able to find, you know, I feel like one of those good ones and, and with the people at Kentucky. So, I mean, uh, try to find a healthy relationship with somebody that truly believes in you. Yeah. When you, when you go into the portal and let's just, again, I'm not isolating this to one person, but, um, you're looking for upgrades in certain areas. It can't, everything can't be an upgrade. Right. So aside from that answer, <clears throat> find places where you want to be wanted. I think that's great advice. That's what I tell, you know, a lot of kids that are just even going through high school in the recruiting process. Um, but how, how would you evaluate? Like, I, obviously if you're going in the portal, you want to play and you're trying to go to the league. Mm. So, you know, some, some things you might be going to a bigger school or a smaller school or a mo more pro style offense or a place that throws it more or a place that doesn't just throw bubble screens. They push the ball down the field more. How would you go about that if you were, you know, rewind the clock and it's a the portal situation, um, and maybe yeah. you did do this, yeah, for sure. picking Kentucky, but yeah. you know, pro style versus throw yeah. it versus. Yep. So if you know you're going to go, tiny school, if you know you're going to be the dude and you're going and you were trying to find like an offense that or a school that fits for you, I yeah. think that you got to go and play to your strengths. You got to go to whatever school and whatever kind of, kind of offense and whatever opportunity you feel like is going to be able to put the best tape out there for you, in terms of the best ball. And you know what your best ball is and you know what you're able to do and um, your play style. And it, it, it's on you to understand what kind of offense, I guess, fits that offense. What kind of offense would you run yourself? Well, how, how would you go out there and try to win on a Sunday or a Saturday or a Friday? Um, try to find that and then try to find a coach and a staff and a roster that can that you believe can go and win a championship that year. All right, so you got five starts under your belt so far. Uh, you mentioned something in the media. I, I, it's a quote saying some location issues, and that's, I guess, what you're work is, working on or focusing. Accuracy in general. Uh, I can't think of a quarterback in the NFL where I'd go, nope, he's good on accuracy, doesn't need to work on anything. It's obviously something, it's, it's, it's a constant, you'll always be working on accuracy. No doubt. Um, how are you approaching that right now? Like it, 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 and if it's specific, you don't need to get into specific balls that you're missing. This isn't a private conversation, but yeah, yeah. Um, how do you go about going, Ooh, I need to be more accurate. Okay. Well, what do you do? No, I mean, it's, it's interesting because uh, I mean, every quarterback 
you know, has the confidence that they're able to make every single throw and they see it and all that. And then, as you know, sometimes that just doesn't happen. And sometimes you know exactly why it does. Sometimes you know why it doesn't, whether it's mechanics or what have you. Um, but the fact of the matter is you are going to miss some throws. And that is fr- it's frustrating. And uh, I felt like just the first few weeks I was playing, I was fairly accurate. I was making, you know, high percentage or I was completing a high percentage of throws that I felt were open and um, that I was able to get a good ball off for. And just this past week, I felt like I missed a few that just kind of ticked me off. And that'll happen at the position. That'll happen, you know, with any sport. Um, you obviously want to watch the tape and you want to figure out if there were specific things that you can work on and correct for the next time. Um, but uh, it's not like there's been a, a huge change in my mechanics and everything from, you know, week my first start to my fifth. So it's just part of being an athlete and tweaking things and uh, not freaking out, though, at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Um, you also, I think, took the blame for some like a cadence issue. I, I saw that was something. Somebody said something in the media, or you just said something. Um, talk a little bit about this. Is one of the areas? There's a bunch of them where fans just have like no idea how different communication information is disseminated from college to the NFL. So in college, did you guys have signals? Did you yep. do the boards with pictures? Well, we did signals okay, with so, wristband. Yep. Okay, so signals wristband. But, you know, a lot, most guys, you see the boards up there and mm-hmm. there's pictures on them and there's a hot dog and there's, you know, whatever. And so I'm visually retaining information and then I'm going to like vocally, I'm going to verbalize it right now. You're getting it through your ears. A lot of times it's loud. Sometimes the headset. Cut. Have you had like the headset cut out yet? No, I haven't had it cut out in the game, thankfully. It's brutal. And so, like, this is a headset can cut out yeah. where, like, you hear, like, all right, here we go. Like, eight set to gun. Oh, yeah. No, like, I've had that You know what I mean? It's like, uh... it's like, but that's when you just got to know the call sheet and know what the play is. But, um, yeah. Uh, it, honestly, in college, for me, like, it was a, it was a um, signal system. So, they'll signal in the number. And then you open up your wristband or whatever number that is, read it off. Um, the one thing, I guess, that helped me in college, though, was, like, the, the way we called our plays. And even formationally, there was a lot of carryover for, to even certain things that we do in our offense here. So, um the, the verbiage and everything like is kind of similar but at least like you said in the nfl it's completely different when you have someone talking in your ear and you have to spew that back out to a, a huddle full of dudes so when i when i first did that because i didn't do a senior bowl when i first did that at in rookie minicamp um it was it was pretty crazy but i, I thought i handled it pretty decently to start and uh obviously obviously still have some things to work on because I've, I've misheard a couple calls and called a couple things incorrectly that just, you know, can't happen. And like you said, with the cadence, that's just one more thing you got to think about on top of what you're telling all these dudes in the huddle. Like sometimes there's a specific cadence you want to use on a play, but then it's on the quarterback to then make up, make up for decide what cadence they want to use for that play, make all the checks they need to make on that play, you know, go through their checklist. And then again, Oh wait, what was the snap count? That's the little things sometimes that slip away to your, yeah. to your memory. And, you break the huddle and some guy goes, wait, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta say the whole thing back or yeah. just tell him his part. Yeah. You know what so, I mean? What happened it's to me was so much information. Yeah, what happened to me was even worse. Was I was in the middle of my cadence, forgetting what the cadence was. And when that doesn't, when that happens, and you're not able to give the indicator for when the ball's live and it's third down, and, and you put your out of, put yourself out of third and manageable, uh, it's it's not good for the team. So that's what happened, and it's just those little things that can't happen. Yeah, I, it's like there's certain things I can help guys with. There's certain things I can't. The only way like I've been able to help guys with that is I have people. I don't know if I did this with you or not. I know I did with a couple guys this year. With, I know Dorian is when you get your call sheet, 
read through go it. Go in voice memos. Yep, make a voice no, memo. go on voice memos, yeah. record it, and then it. just listen to it, repeat it back, and then flip it, and then say it again. Mm-hmm. So say it, flip it, say oh, it. I, I use that, and you, you gave me that. I think we did. And um, <clears throat> I use that in the first and that, weeks. But, like that, but there's not a million people there screaming, and it's freezing, <laughs> and your head's – you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't replicate that, yeah. and it's just some things that fan, they just, fans just think like, oh, yeah, you say Omaha. Or <laughs> right now, Dak Prescott went viral with like a here we go – you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and Aaron Rodgers has talked about how, like, your cadence is a weapon. You use it. And, I mean, how many people has he gotten to jump off sides and throw a fade down Beautiful the compilation of free plays that, that he's had. It is spectacular. Yeah. And I just – that's one of those that's, like, reps. That's about it. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for you. Can't go in the weight room and work on that. And it's – and it's yeah, and it's bringing the offense together and, and bringing – and leveling up the people around you to be able to handle it at the same time, you know. Uh, so – that's part of the position is bringing guys up to the level and expectation of that we're able to use cadence and or as a weapon, like you said, and um, cadence should be used as a weapon within every offense. Yeah. Um, I, during draft prep, we did a lot of uh, you know, building the process for how to learn a system, right? We start with formations, then we cho- and move the checkers around, mm-hmm. right? Or the poker chips, and then you get to concepts, then you get to protections, then you get to miscellaneous how'd that play out for you? Like what was applicable, what was not, um, and how, how was learning that system over those couple of months? Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't in all the pieces and all the teachings that we went through in all the playbooks we talked about. Um, it is crazy how much carryover there is throughout the entire NFL. And, um, you quickly learned that it is a copycat league and, you know, things are called different things in different places. So a lot of the times they are called the same thing. And, but, they're all the same thing, essentially. And um, like I said, uh, I was I was blessed with having the opportunity to play in two offenses that used and and pretty much ran very similar stuff that is ran throughout the league. So that helped me learning it for sure. Um, but uh, that whole process with you know the progression of how to go through and learn a playbook is is really is really helpful, and it helped me throughout my processes for sure awesome well let's get into some teach tape here so this is uh week 12 last week uh 14-3 a little bit of time left 14 seconds left in the uh in the half no timeouts third and one on the 48 um can you see this okay yeah without giving away trade secrets here um talk me through this this uh this concept what you're thinking and what transpired this is sweet so um there's a pretty funny story behind all this, but I'm, I won't give away all of our secrets, but I mean, this is a down, down clock situation, which is, I mean, if we're able to get a first down, get the catch and get down within field goal range. We're going to go down there and try to spike that ball uh, to be able to get a field goal off before half. And this is something, as you know, is repped, you know, every single day in a, in training camp for, for some teams. Uh, and this is something that we worked a lot for sure. And it's, it's cool to be able to see something like that uh, come to life for the first time for me. And, in my career for sure. Um, and, uh, only maybe the couple sec- second or so time that we did it this season. So it's, it's a cool play in football to be able to convert. And we were running these double slants and <laughs> they were calling out that we were actually running double slants. They knew exactly what we were running. We had this, we had a slant and goes tag on the outsides, but we ended up canceling them because they were just calling it out. Um, so I tried to just find a, one of the inside slants and look off somebody, put it on them. And, uh, just a cool football play and all the guys hustling down is my favorite part, you know, just sprint down, find the ball, executing what we do, uh, every day in practice. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. 
Um, we'll pull up the second one. This was uh, going back that game versus the Falcons. Um, it's 14-9. Uh, a little bit of time left in the third, second and 10. Uh, and you're on the 39 yard line here. Yeah. Double move. Talk through this. Did you guys set this up earlier? Is this something you had schemed? Something they showed through you guys, you know, before the start yeah. showed three weeks ago? Yeah. Was it one of those deals? This is something we, you know, we've held in our back pocket and something that we, we wrapped going back to training camp. It's a, it's something <clears> off of, you know, a common concept that, that we run on the stack out of this stack. And, um, you know, DeAndre, usually uh, they're always breaking that in on the in-cut if we're trying to get a read on that weak hook player. And sometimes when they know we're running that, that safety can get a little antsy and jump that. Uh, it, it is really premier versus quarters. Um, they're, I mean, they're running a form of Tampa here, and that safety's not getting really any whips, and he's not getting much depth at all, so he's able to still get eyes on that in-cut and jump it. So um, even though it wasn't the premier look, just, you know, be, being able to – Still give it a chance with the great protection and um, know that he, he had him burnt and give him a good ball over the top. So, Yeah, you really just can't have middle field closed, really. I mean, in, or super deep cover two safety. But anything in that range, um, they have to respect DeAndre stopping, whether he's coming in out or, or hooking it up. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great, great feel. And um, it's just funny, man, that first game, right? Four touchdowns, no picks, all that. And it's just like – you know, you're in that game. You got to be thinking like, oh, my God, all these things are working. <laughs> stuff that we talked about <laughs> literally, working. Literally. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. It this played out exactly like we talked about. The picture came yeah. to life. <laughs> yeah. But, no, that, this that was easy. That was definitely one of those games where, like, everyone was, everything was clicking. Damn, our OC was cooking. And, you know, just the, we, we, we had them beat that day. So, I mean, it's still – even with all the success we had in offense, it still came down to a one-possession game, which is the crazy part about um, – the NFL and how those little things really do matter, and we we could have done a lot of things, a lot of things, much more better in that game to put us in a good spot. But um, that was one of those highlights of that game too, was just the wake up call of, oh shit, I just threw however many yards and four touchdowns, but you know we're we're still got an opportunity to maybe go into overtime here. So kind of crazy. Well, cool. Last couple things here. Um, I never like promote and push guys to do do things wherever i am all having all my draft conversations like as the bowl breaks just kind of started for some and championship weekend this weekend um if i pointed one of my guys to watch this and i asked you our draft time together would you get out of it what would you change why all that stuff yeah i mean i, I really enjoyed it and i think it started just with our our group of people i think we had a, we had a great crowd and you do a good job you know making sure that you get the right dudes that are going to go out there and, and push each other and um, get each other in the right environment and be able to thrive off each other. So that was great to have Max Clayton and Dorian out there with me working and Hendon. So it was, uh, that, that was my favorite part, at least just the, the crowd we had. So, but overall, like going everything from body recovery and, and uh, on field football work to, to speed training, like everything we did was, um, what I was looking to get out of it and the results that, you know, how I compared myself before and after, uh, I felt really, really good. And from a football standpoint, I thought all the stuff we did from an interview uh, standpoint or interview prep standpoint for the combine and the senior bowl and everything, I felt really comfortable going into all of those uh, environments and think I did a good job just uh, being me and uh, and showing them who I was as a player and a person. And, and I have to thank you and, you know, and, and Ash and Tommy and everybody else that was involved that was able to get that side out of me and, and truly get me to show how to 
show to others who I am. So um, that was a really special part of it as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that was really cool too early on. I mean, you, you know, you're the big name guy coming into that thing. And so your agent's like, yeah, I can, you can rent a beach house. You can put you up in someplace sick. And you're like, no, I want to live with the boys. Yeah. 100%. And, uh, so three of you guys live together and Dorian's over there with his cats. But, <laughs> um, but uh, I thought that was a cool testament. I remember when you first said that I was like, that's a dude. Yeah. That's a dude. No, I want to live with the boys. Yeah. So, um, all right. Last thing here, this is a QB to QB. You might remember this, you might not from last. So we don't know who next week's guest is, but we're going to have you ask a question to the next guest, mm -hmm. um, a general quarterback question. It's going to be a current or former quarterback. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm going to throw a question at you from Dan Orlovsky. Okay. We did this with my brother my was the last guest. But it was just such a, Two Connecticut one quarterbacks. Of the, in the, the only guy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I go way back with Orlovsky. I caught for him uh, during draft prep. I was a uh, junior in college and came home because wow. he trained at my high school with Bob Johnson, my high school coach. And I was running around catching balls. I'm like, this UConn, they have a football team. <laughs> and uh, so my brother was on last week. His question was like really dumb or like scraping past his. It was like a statement. I don't get what he was talking about. So we'll take, we'll throw Orlovsky's at you. Uh, if you had to pick three things that a quarterback needs to play at a high level in the NFL, what are those three things? Could be physical or non-physical. Are you kidding me? This Gotta like, have these three. This is like if you're putting me in like a combine interview with this question. <clears throat> um, Sit up straight. Yeah. Take your hat off, son. <laughs> no. Um, Never mind. Put it back on. Yeah. My hair is not bad. But... No, that's a great question. I'd probably say um, just football IQ. I would say accuracy for physical tools. And I would say toughness. So mental and physical. So getting two uh, for one there. Yeah. Would you do you think that answer would have been different before you had this experience of being a starter? Yeah, I think I've I've had a few different answers for that throughout the years, but um, I think for that first one, especially that 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 is new to the list because of you know just the absolute overflow of information that is needed to be known at this position, and I've I've realized just how far I am in terms of where I need to get to uh, to to truly be successful in this league, and I'm looking to forward to get there, um, but um, yeah, it's definitely needed. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll wrap with this. Kyle and I usually do this, but, uh, Kyle's not here. So I'll do it with you a little moment of gratitude. Um, and just what comes to mind first is something that you're, you're grateful for. I'll give you a second to think about it Yeah. and, uh, and I'll go first. Um, you know, like putting up Christmas lights, doing the whole deal, taking the stuff out, you know, last weekend we took everything out of the attic, we set it all up, all that stuff. So I think the holidays for me, I just feel gratitude right now because it's such a, it's a special time of year and I got little kids. So there's just a lot of magic, you know what I mean? Santa and elf on a shelf and all the stuff. And it's like, I get, you know, we'll be taught, we'll be driving in the car and we'll be talking about, Hey, so when we're going to go there, we're going to go to the skate park and we're going to do this. And then like Reese will like pop in and be like, like how do reindeer drink water when they're flying? Like, how do they get water? Does he, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's magic. Right. So I just got a lot of gratitude, uh, for, you know, th this time of year and, and what this means. And, and it's also Christmas coincides with meaningful football. You know what I mean? As a, as a hundred percent, I'm a, just a consumer. And it's like, it all gets more and more important. So, um, what about you? What are you grateful for? 
I'm grateful for most recently now my massage therapist who I'm going to here in about 10 minutes. She's going to be getting my body right. And uh, I was going to say my health and she's a big reason for that, I'd say. Um, but uh, my health for sure. I mean, I've dealt with a couple bangs and bruises here and there, but you know, it's just part of the game and realizing that there's always other people that have it worse. And um, I, I'm grateful to, you know, just be waking up every day on this, on this beautiful earth and, Grateful for my mom. I had a really deep conversation with her for the first time in a while today. So that was that was really nice to, um, you know, talk to her and uh, and connect on that level. And um, grateful for her and all my other loved ones in my life. Yeah, you got a really special family, man. All you guys, your sisters and your parents are rad. Yeah. Well, dude, Do I, I appreciate coming on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. We won't end on right. that. Yeah. What question do you have for? the next guest. All right. I want to hear, <clears throat> give me the story of your worst interception you've ever thrown. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. What's yours? Ooh. I would say I, I threw a sluggo into cover two, which is like against the rules of football and in the red zone against Mississippi state, which like lost us the game, which if we would have won, which would have really changed our bowl projections. So that one always hurts. Um, uh, and then I threw another outbreaker into cover two against Tennessee that year for a pick six that we lost. So, um, hmm. both of those were pretty running bad. after somebody. Oh, I had no shot. Lante Taylor. Oh my gosh. No shot. Worst feelings him. in sports. Yeah, no, it was terrible. It was against the same blitz that I saw all week. The, you know, Sam strong safety and they cloud it and, oh, it was terrible. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I'm eighth all time uh, to college in college football all time records. I'm eighth all time interceptions. Wow! So I don't know where I'd start. I got a bunch to choose from, but um, I, but I do really like that question. Um, that's awesome. Um, well, dude, thanks for coming on. Uh, I, I these kids, you know, I do the, the summit tour, and you know, I'm always around young guys, and you know, they want to be Tom Brady and they want to be Patrick Mahomes, and they, they want to be these giant iconic guys. And what's cool about what I do and get to know every type of player is I can go like when I use examples of not a Super Bowl, but an example of doing things the right way and being about a routine and being a great leader, being a great teammate. What's been awesome is dude. And like, I just, as I've gotten to know you better, like you just kind of becoming more and more of the example that I give to these young guys about how to operate, about how to treat people, about how to go about yourself, how you go about your business, how you deal with adversity and success. So um, I just appreciate you and, and our relationship and, where we've come, where we're going and, um, and, uh, and the role model that you're going to be for a lot of people, you know, over the next decade plus. So, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, but I, I really appreciate that. Appreciate man. you. Love you. I mean, you're, you're definitely yeah. part of the reason as to why I am who I am. You, you molded me in, in one way, shape or form. And, uh, so I got to thank you for that as well. <laughs>